At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, Executive Director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, on this edition, we have a special guest, Ryan Franks. He is the pastor of Journey Church in Brandenburg, Kentucky. And he's going to tell us about some of the things that uh, they're doing there in that community. And in particular, I want us to talk about on this program what it means to be kingdom-minded and what that looks like in a rural community. Ryan Franks, welcome to the program. Good morning. Hey, thank you, Richard. It's uh, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, Thanks for having it, me out. It's great to have you here. Uh, we are recording from our office in Frankfort, uh, Kentucky, and you drove all the way in from Brandenburg. <laughs> a lot of our yeah. listeners probably have no idea where Brandenburg, Kentucky is. Tell us tell us uh, where that is. It's true. We are about 25 minutes from Elizabethtown. We are right on the Ohio River. That's okay. pretty much, you know, so... 15 minutes into Corden, Indiana, and we sit right there. Uh, We got Radcliffe, and uh, we're in Meade County is where we're at. Sure, Meade. And so if people don't know where E-Town is, uh, more people know where Louisville is. You're probably, what, 45 minutes from Louisville, maybe? Yes. South and west of Louisville. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. So rural rural Kentucky County, uh, mainly agricultural, a lot of farmers there. Yes. Uh, You're on the Ohio River. Uh, You also have Fort Knox. We have Fort Knox. Yes, we have Fort Knox. We have agriculture, and we also have a lot of plants, right? So uh, union jobs, things of that nature, and um, contracting. Okay. Yeah, everyone's a small business owner as well. So it's a, it's a collection yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, of making it. So, so, Ryan, one reason I wanted to have you on the Commonwealth Matters is we met uh, a few months ago and, and then got to know each other a little bit better over dinner. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing that struck me, a couple things. One is you're a young pastor, young family. You're pastoring a rural church in yeah. Kentucky. But one of the things that really grabbed my attention was that you had a kingdom worldview. You yes. were doing some things in your community where you were rolling up your sleeves, mm-hmm. you identified some problems, but rolled up the sleeves yes. and you were getting after it. And I want us to talk about that in this program. What does it mean to be kingdom-minded? What does it look like in your rural Kentucky community? But before you do that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. You're not native to Kentucky. No. You've been here for a few years. <laughs> Give us a little, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up here. Yeah, absolutely. So I am 35. I've been married for 13 years to my gorgeous wife, uh, Tristan. Mm-hmm. I've got two kids. Um, Jensen is five and Ryder is two, and they yeah. could not be more different yeah. uh, in their personalities. Yeah. And so we have been in Kentucky for four years mm-hmm. This May, six years mm-hmm. in Chicago, four years in Phoenix, wow. and we're both actually. Uh, she's from Wichita, and I'm from Kansas City. So we met yeah. uh, both playing uh, college uh, ball yeah. in Springfield, Missouri, when we were at Central Bible College. Um, so, anyways, uh, what brought us here um, was just the calling of the Lord. To be quite honest, uh, mm-hmm. we were aware of this church at the time was Glad Tidings Christian, and they reached out and they said, "Hey, listen, think about this. We are in Chicago, and just through a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting." The Lord was, the spirit was just incredibly, um, uh, he just convinced 
he convinced us that this was the place because convincing sometimes is what it needs because on paper. If I could interject, though, especially being in Chicago, (laughs) Phoenix, Kansas City, and now you're in rural western Kentucky. Uh And, of course, we're we're glad to have you here in the Commonwealth. Thank you. Uh, But but you come with a background of um, little business background, entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you've pastored, you've been in the pastorate as well. Right. But what, um, tell us what it's like, if you will, mm-hmm. you've been at Brandenburg at, uh, Journey Church Journey for Church. Three, three, four years. Yeah, exactly. So what, uh, tell us some of the needs that you're seeing in Mead County. One of the things that, uh, uh my wife and I just have a, a passion for families and children. That's just mm-hmm. something that's just been near and dear to our hearts from the beginning of ministry. And when we got here, we saw that need, right? So, 30% of our county struggles with drug addiction. Wow. We 30%. Look, now, that's, mm-hmm. so let's do the math. It's brand, Mead County is about 30,000. About 30,000 people. So 30% of the 30,000, that's about 10,000. That are struggling with drug addiction. Is there any one dominant form of drug that there is? Is, is it opioids or is it? It is. You know, so it's, it's pills and it's meth just because it's incredibly uh, cheap to buy mm-hmm. or, or to make. And, you know, and so everybody is a dealer to us, not everybody, but um, whenever you're looking for a choice of product, Mm -hmm. it has a tendency to be that and people can get their hands on that. And when we came here, we just saw children and families that just needed to hear the gospel. But more Mm -hmm. than just the spiritual aspect, we wanted to show them through action of who Jesus was, because it's easy to get on stage on Sunday mornings and speak. But it's another thing to get out in the community and say, so on Tuesdays, like we do food outreach, we'll feed nearly 125 families, that's around 500, and then we partnered with Feeding America. And so we'll feed 1,200 people next Tuesday down at the fairgrounds is how big the project's gotten. Wow. That's just one avenue of how we're helping. So feeding the hungry in your community. And Mm -hmm. uh, you think of uh, Kentucky and the United States being a prosperous place where the breadbasket of the world, and yet you have hunger issues there. We do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is is there any single... um, uh, social dynamic that is coming with the need? Is it the single mom with children or is it somebody who is trying to come off of an addiction? Right. What, what are you saying there with the, with the food pantry ministry? One of the, I think one of the, one of the main struggles is that we're trying to get people to understand that just because they have been dealt a certain kind of cards, that that does not have to be their life, right? So maybe it's a generational cycle where it's like, dad did it, grandpa did it, great grandpa did it. You don't have to do that. We yeah. can help you with resources. So we're trying to resource the community on how to have a different perspective of what you know the Lord can do through their family. But let's talk about that because I think uh, what I'm noticing today in culture is that there is a sense of resentment mm. and bitterness mm-hmm. for those towards those who have, mm-hmm. and they're saying, you know, it's it's the wealthy, right. it's the political class, it's those who were handed down something or given something. Mm-hmm. And because they have, that means I can't have, right. uh, or or maybe government should be the equalizer mm-hmm. and provide for all of us. And this spirit of resentment, if you mm-hmm. will, is not healthy. But getting to the to the church and mm-hmm. how the church can respond to this, the gospel is that if you come to faith in Christ, right. if you repent, which means mm-hmm. turning away from your sin, correct, and coming to Christ, he gives you a new life. He does. So it's like hitting the reset button on yes. your life. Yes. And you have a new identity. Mm-hmm. You have a new mission. Uh, that right. resentment I just mentioned, right. you don't have to have that. You don't have to. Uh, in this country where you have opportunity, you have freedom, 
And yes, there are people who are blessed with mm-hmm. things, yeah. people that might have had wealth handed down to them, people that right. might have been born into a political family or right. had a whatever uh, privilege. Mm-hmm. And that is a real thing, but it doesn't mean you have to have resentment. Correct. Is this something that you're seeing when people come to faith and mm-hmm. come to Christ? Are they seeing that reset button push? Do they, do they grab what it means or grab hold of that mm-hmm. new identity in Christ? It's a process, and I think that's one of the main reasons why we are called Journey Church is that we have just realized that this is a journey. This is not a spring. You know, Paul makes that incredibly evident in the New Testament. Um, you know, so when we're, we as a church, when we have a, somebody come and check us out, like for the first time, we understand that this is probably something new that they've never seen. Yeah. And we usually will speak about uh, that the church is the people, it's not the building, and that if you will come to know Jesus, here are the things that he can begin to do inside of you and through you. And the church is here to help you with that process. And over time, we see transformation, which is the business that Jesus is in, is transforming people. So do they walk in and instantly, you know, walk out? No, no, no. But it's, it's, you know, we we share with them, you know, how the Bible is to be read. You know, it's a collective things of that. So it's a process, but we love seeing the results of it. I noticed on your web page that you also have, it looks like community groups. So when somebody mm-hmm. comes to the church, joins the church, they're plugged into a smaller group of believers where Correct. they have home, home fellowship, yeah. I understand, yeah. Bible study, mm-hmm. maybe food, they maybe have dinner together. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that's the place where they're growing as well. Yeah. Growing, and, Dis- and on their journey in right. the faith. Discipleship is everything. To tell you the truth, we actually get a lot of people uh, who end up attending Journey who just said, you know what? I had a really bad taste of church growing up. I was hurt by the church, and mm-hmm. I am not interested in coming. But they do come to a life group, yeah. and they're like, okay, these people, they're normal, they're real, they genuinely want to like, see me get help. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So tell, tell us some of the other things that you're doing at Journey Church mm-hmm. to meet the needs of your community. Absolutely. Um, the food pantry, you've got the life groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the drug issue. What yes. are you doing to stem the drug? Now, ten, by the way, 30% sounds really, really high. Yeah. When I think of that number, is that those that have addiction issues or those affected by addiction issues? Oh, if Fa- family members that might have a close relative right. that is struggling with it, or is this people that have experienced or that are using right. drugs? That are- 30% are actually struggling with the addiction. One Sunday morning, wow. when we were now what I'm about to share with you, we were uh, vision casting what we're going to do about it because everybody yeah. can say we have a problem. Yeah. I wish this would happen. I wish that would happen, but sometimes it doesn't. So we said, what can we as a church? How can we be a part of the solution? And I asked our congregation, right? So any Sunday we could be anywhere from like low threes to four hundred. We have about five hundred fifty people that call Journey their home, right? Yeah. And out of everybody that attended, I said. How many of you are affected by a family member who has walked through a drug addiction and it was nearly 100% of everyone's hands was raised? So I said, here we go. So we partnered a couple years ago. I sat on a board with um, Julie Duvall, Mm -hmm. who is the director of the Adult and Teen Challenge, which is a drug rehabilitation Christian-driven organization Mm -hmm. here in the state of Kentucky. It's actually nationwide, but she is one that oversees this. And I said, let's do something. What would it take? for you to come down and for us or somehow a building to be built that will house residentially, right? Women that are in crisis with drugs, what does that look like? And long story short, uh, we came together and we are building the first drug rehabilitation crisis center for women 
It's uh, so it's a crisis center. So we get okay. ten girls every five weeks. Okay. And if it goes well, then they're released. And if they need additional help, then they will go out to the Louisville campus, which is a eighteen month um, uh, process, right? And that is what we're doing. So we're in the middle of raising the funds, about a quarter of a million to three hundred thousand dollars. We said, "What can we do?" Yeah. And she says, "Make a way for us to come." And so yeah. we donated the first fifty thousand dollars, and we gave awesome. them a portion of our land in the back of the church, right, just open field. And wow. I said, "I will help build this for you if you will just simply come." So it's not actually the Journey Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. We wanted to give that back, kingdom minded, kind of what you were sharing. Yeah. We wanted just to give it to the community. All pastors know that it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to everybody who's just willing to want to see sobriety in town. So Teen Challenge is a faith-based ministry to help those with addiction issues, mm-hmm. including drug, drugs, alcohol, other kinds of addictions as well. Right. There are some Teen Challenge locations across Kentucky, but mm-hmm. I understand these are for men or young, for teenagers. Correct. Uh, but there is no Teen t- Challenge for women only There's in Kentucky. There's one right now. There's one in Louisville called Priscilla's Place. And then you have one for men that's uh, Chad's Hope. Okay. And then this one will be the only other site uh, for women. So so Louisville mm-hmm. uh, has one, Priscilla's Place. Mm-hmm. Chad's Hope, I believe, is in eastern Kentucky. Correct. So this one, yeah. geared towards women, would be in western Kentucky. Yeah. So yeah. that's a big step, breaking new ground. It's ground zero. To it meet is. a real need that's there. Uh, what kind of response have you gotten from other churches and other community members to support this uh, teen challenge? You know, um, the Meade County Ministerial Association, that is a uh, collective group of all pastors in Meade County, are welcome. Um, we meet once a month. And they actually, last month, uh, became financial supporters of the project. So that was Great. really awesome to see yeah. that happen. Yeah. Uh, so it's been good. It's been good. It's it's not reinventing the wheel, but mm-hmm. bringing it to Brandenburg has definitely presented its challenges, but the Lord's been incredibly, uh, he's shown some favor through the process. Yeah. Ryan, my belief is that if God gives somebody a vision and mm. puts it on their heart to do something, especially to meet a need, a right. human need, yes, uh, he will provide. Uh, and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It no. doesn't mean it's going <laughs> to no, all come all. together and all you know. <laughs> yeah. not, the heavens aren't going to necessarily open up and exactly. all the money's going right. to come down. It takes work. Oh man! And it takes knocking on doors. Yes. And it takes meeting with people. And that sounds like what you've been doing. Yes. When did you begin this project to to open up the Teen Challenge there? We went public uh, last October, Mm -hmm. right, at the Adult and Teen Challenge Banquet that's held uh, in Louisville. And so we went and we shared that this was happening. Now, I believe we were probably even another six months before that. And we're still drawing up like all the legal uh, work, um, you know, paperwork and everything, but it's all been settled uh, for the most part. And so, yeah, October last year. Okay, so October, so not quite a year. Right. And you have, so it's going to be about a $300,000 project. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you've got how much raise? We actually to- have over 150 pledged. Okay, which is, so yeah. you're about halfway there. Yeah. Which is good news. Isn't that amazing that within a year, we're nearly 50%, you know, we're over 50% of the way there. So God's been incredibly good and gracious in that. Yeah. Amen. So I want to give a plug to anybody who's watching uh, this uh, or listening in, because this is being multi-purpose. It's yeah. going to be heard on radio stations across Kentucky. It's going to be podcasted. And then also it's being watched on Facebook Live as well. Awesome. But for those who might want to participate in this, maybe their heart's been moved to participate in mm-hmm. this Teen Challenge groundbreaking work in Western right. Kentucky. 
How would they get in touch with you to do that? Absolutely. So we have a website mm-hmm. and it is www.journeychurchag because, mm-hmm. you know, so journeychurchag.org. Okay. And when they visit the site, uh, there's an opportunity, there's a tab uh, that says give and underneath mm-hmm. it is kingdom builders. So that is actually, not only are we kingdom minded, right? But yeah. our whole campaign mm-hmm. is kingdom builders. Like if you want to help build the kingdom through uh, sobriety and drug rehabilitation. Uh, And now it's Meade County, but it's for everybody. Like we would not close our doors if you're not from the county. Like if you can make it there, Uh go through the application process. Listen, we want to serve and love this person, this woman in a time of need. So www.journeychurchag.org. And there's a giving tab there. You can click that. Um, There's a kingdom building fund. You just give that name, number, and, uh, you know, any donation is awesome. There's nothing too high. There's nothing, there's nothing too low. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, you're doing a, uh, a good work and a much needed work there. I appreciate now, that. The, the drug issue mm-hmm. is uh, something that's really gripped Kentucky. It's gripped this country. Yes. I learned the other day that it's about 200 people die every day. In this country, from a drug overdose, that's that's a ballpark a figure. In Kentucky, it's somewhere between four to five wow. people die every day in the Commonwealth from a drug addiction. So that is, uh, it's an indication that something is, is is not right. Right. When people turn to drugs, it's usually to mm-hmm. uh, cover pain. Yes. Or to fill a hole. Yep. In somebody's life. That's true. It's one of those two two reasons there. And it, it just tells us that there's a lot of pain mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um, uh, yearning that people have for something that yes. they're missing. I want to pivot from that thought to uh, the gospel mm-hmm. and why people need it and, and the ministry of Journey Church. Um, how do you bridge the gap? In a, in a, the context of today is that we live in a secular, post-Christian, mm-hmm. post-truth culture. Yes. How do you true. bridge that gap and, and tell people, to the person who has an addiction issue right. and that's what's filling them, how do, you, how do you begin the conversation that you need Jesus? <laughs> yeah. How, how, how does that look in, in you know your what? area? In all honesty, do you, do you need help? Do you need help? And majority of people are going to be like, Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, whether they know that it's the word help or not, Mm -hmm. do you need something? Yes, I need something. Can I help resource you to get what you need? Yes. Okay, awesome. So when it comes to the drugs, let me help resource you. Let me introduce you to Adult and Teen Challenge here in Brandenburg. Let us get you the help because if right now, if you're fighting for your life with with drugs and you're fighting for your marriage, you're fighting to be the mother that you've been called to be, let's bridge that gap between your kids and your spouse, because they want that at the end of the day. And then when we are able to, uh, to surround them with people through action who are loving them, they're more susceptible to saying, well, this is amazing. Why do you do this when there's no money in it for you? And that's what we tell them. Well, let me introduce you to Jesus. So you're, you're meeting a physical need. Meeting a physical you're, need first, yep. You're counseling, you're, mm-hmm. you're offering help of some kind, and right. then when they ask you, well, why right. are you doing why this? Do it opens this? the door to sharing the gospel. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things that we make crystal clear is that we're never going to shove Jesus down your throat. We're never going to make you do something you don't. If you, you know, this is something that will radically and dynamically change your life forever. It will bless you. It will it'll allow you to be the person that God has called you to be. Do you want to be successful? Yeah, I want to be successful. Let's do this thing. Yeah. And then and then we begin to share 
just love. You know, Ryan, and that's attractive. When we give of ourselves, mm-hmm. when you see somebody who's hurting, right. somebody who is in need, mm-hmm. somebody who just, whether it's just to put, have an arm put around them exactly. or a shoulder to cry on yep. or a hand out to, mm-hmm. and to, help, to help somebody out of the pit that they're in, sure, that's attractive. Yes. And that that uh, moves people. Absolutely. And, and not only are they grateful, I think, when they mm-hmm. see that somebody cares but they're open to what else you have to share for them as well. Amen. Uh, I want to pivot to uh, uh, you know one of the thoughts I have about the church in culture is that uh, some this is okay for the church to meet the needs of those who are struggling. That's acceptable. Food pantries, right? Clothing closets, yes. Teen challenge, right? Yes. Addiction ministries, yes. But when it comes to the church influencing in another way, mm-hmm. hey, what are we teaching in our schools? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about let's talk about moral boundaries in society. Right. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in government. Mm. It seems to be that there is divide there where the church's role is acceptable when it comes to ministering to those who are hurt and broken. Yes. But when it comes to shaping and right. influencing and to maybe doing some preventative measures like, hey, let's talk to kids in school at a young age so they don't turn towards drugs. Right, exactly. (laughs) Or so they don't ruin their lives in other ways. Mm -hmm. There's more resistance there. There is. Um, So I'm wondering, I don't know if this is something you've seen in Meade County. Uh, I'm curious as a pastor if, if there's a way that this can be addressed or approached to be maybe proactive on mm-hmm. what does healthy society look like? Right. What are some of those moral boundaries that we should have in our own lives? Have you thought through this at all? Or? We have, and it is that is almost a million-dollar question. It's incredibly challenging. The answer is yes. You are correct by saying that you know, with the moral boundaries, the ethics, the values, you know, what we're teaching our children at a young age, which is why I think Journey Church has invested so heavily into our kids program. Like we are a kids driven kind of church, you know, in Meade County is different from Chicago where, you know, we pastored for a while. And when we were in Chicago, we were watching the school systems uh, make some incredibly radical changes with what was allowed. And it was becoming a massive concern within the church and our kids because they're spending more time at church or at at school, obviously, than they are church. And then they're coming to church for what, an hour and a half, a week, and then they have all these questions. Let me talk about that. No, okay. in Chicago, yes, uh, is and I think you may have been there at this time. But was it when they, uh, the Department of Education, issued the letter to all the schools allowing transgender children to use the restrooms, locker rooms, and join the sports teams of the opposite sex? Yes, was that that was that during that time? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was one of several. Um, what was really interesting at that time is when that came handed down. I was actually consulting. Um, and doing logistics for Target okay. down in Chicago. And so I also got to see that from a uh, multi-billion oh, dollar... Tar- Target was one of the leading organizations that embraced that idea. organizations. And so I was mm-hmm. an executive at uh, one of the locations downtown, um, and that was incredibly challenging wow. during that process. Wow. And then, you know, there's a lot to be said so, for that. So yeah. we have just a few minutes, but I want us to dig a little deeper into this because yeah. there are some listening right now that say, you know, the church is great, Ryan, that you want to do Teen Challenge. It's right. great that you have the food pantry, but stay out of somebody's yeah. personal life, yes. right? Who are yes. you to tell somebody who believes that they're the opposite gender, that they shouldn't act and dress in right. the opposite gender? 
I would submit mm-hmm. that it is deeply biblical yes. for the church and mm-hmm. for pastors like yourself to talk about what it means to be male and female, right. what it means to be made in the image of God, right. what it means to live a healthy life mm-hmm. and in order to have a healthy culture. Absolutely. And that's where the rub is. Our yes. society, post-modern, post-Christian, mm-hmm. post-truth society, doesn't want to hear that. Right. It's so true. How, so you've been there, though, in I Chicago and with Target. Yeah. How, just give us a few thoughts, and we don't have a lot of time, Absolute, but how do, yeah. we, how do you deal with this? Absolutely. You know, um, when we are sharing how our bodies are, uh, are, are made up DNA-wise and where that all comes from, because sometimes people have this idea that creation and science don't mix. No, 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 no. Yeah. It is complimented that we have an intelligent designer, and there was an yes. intentional yeah. instruction and design for us as men and women to act as men as men as women. I'm not saying that anything in the in the uh, like equal pay kind of thing. Listen, yeah. there are some things that guys are really great at, and there's some things that girls are really great at. And yeah. wh- hey, whatever the case may yeah. be, go for it. Like yeah. whatever career you want to pursue, pursue that, regardless yeah. of you know male or female. But yet, when it comes to our kids, they're they're struggling to understand these emotions and these desires based on what they've been told and what's been made attractive on TV and the movies. Mm-hmm. And you have this beautiful soundtrack in the back. And everything works out. And the thing is that it doesn't. And 90% of, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, th- this, this transgender is struggling with identity and they're, and they're having more suicidal thoughts. The rate has gone through the roof of an identity crisis. And so we're saying, well, that's because this, hasn't, this isn't how you have been designed. So, so wait, so what I'm hearing from you is that because of the, the normalcy or normalizing of uh, oh, yes. gender dysphoria, it mm-hmm. is increasing the uh, suicide oh, rate yeah. or suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this something you're even seeing in Meade County, rural? You know, not so much in the rural. Now, it is, now, the cause on their behalf is incredibly present in, um, in, in our schools right now and the churches are very biblically driven, you know, so it's different than it was in Chicago. Chicago, everything was pretty much accepted here in rural. It's going to be a harder fight for that in the church because this is just how we've been raised in that aspect. Sure. There is a bill in the Kentucky state legislature that would normalize uh, teaching of gender Mm -hmm. identity and young people embracing whatever gender they feel led to embrace at a very young age, Right, Uh, kindergartners, first Mm -hmm. graders, second graders. And this is a bill that... um, doesn't look like it's going to move this session, but it does have a number of co-sponsors, yeah. and we do expect it to come up. The reason I bring that up is because this is an issue, it is. I would say, for the churches to be concerned about. It is. It comes down to a Genesis 1 mm-hmm. and 2, where yeah. are we who God says we exactly. are? Is there a difference between male and female? Mm-hmm. Are there moral boundaries? Yes. And when it comes to teaching our children... This is something where the church, I believe, ought to find its voice. The church needs to be speaking about this. What we don't want to, what we want to make sure is, is that churches don't get into this this idea of building an audience as to building a just a congregation that's or building the church. Like we're not just going to get up there and talk about really warm, fuzzy things. So everybody feels good, yeah. comes and gives, comes to church, and then walks away. We want to yeah. equip people yeah. to be the best version that God has created them to be. That's great. 
Ryan, we've got just a minute, and we haven't even touched on the COVID nineteen scare. <laughs> we're not right. really. We're kind of. We've done the elbow yes, thing, and we we're did. gonna we're gonna leave and go back to our places yes. after we're done with this. Uh-huh. But uh, very quickly, what are some of the things that you're recommending your congregation to do in spite in in the middle right. of what we're dealing with? We've gone to online services strictly. We have, you know, we we want to honor that. You know, that came from the president, and that came to, even down to the governor. And it's just we want to honor that. We want to make sure, and as long as the schools are out. Out. We're also going to honor our children as well. So we have gone completely online, which can be found on our Facebook, Journey Church of Brandenburg, our YouTube, Journey Church of Brandenburg, and obviously the web that I listed off earlier. Yeah. yeah. Great. Ryan, you are doing a great work up there in Brandenburg, Kentucky. Uh, you keep up that good work, Thank and we'll you. have to have you on the program again. Appreciate it. Thank right. you, my friend. God bless. Yes. Bam. Hey, Got hey. it. <laughs> <laughs>